folks. Episode Woo! four of Hope Dealers. I'm Beth Troutman. And I'm Derek Clark, the rapping dad. Now, you know, Derek, you know how we always start this podcast. You've got to start with a positive news story for the day, right? Right. What you got today? All right. This one is a little bit different, but I love this idea because people, you know, drones have been making news for the past really couple of years. And most of the time it's negative news. Most of the time it's about terrorists or taking down planes or privacy issues. I have a positive story about drones. Listen to this. There's a company called Zipline and they have started using drones to help get blood, life-saving blood to patients at different hospitals in Rwanda. And they have so far saved 55. 500 lives by transporting blood into Rwanda on drones that travel about 60 miles per hour. And they do it all through an app where um, hospitals who are part of this network can communicate and they can let patients know or let these doctors know that they've got the blood available and get get it to them using a drone. So drones are like a blessing. Yes. Wow. They're actually saving lives. Saving lives by transporting blood. Doesn't that just make you feel better about the world today? That does. Thank you, Beth Troutman. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know what else is going to make you feel better today, though? I'm ready. We have the most incredible guest who we are so blessed to have on our show Tammy Leader Fuller. She has been in the television industry for more than 30 years, walked away so that she could create something called Camp Powerment for women. She's the CEO, the Chief Empowerment Officer, and I can't wait for her to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Happy to be here. Yay. It's the middle of the winter and we're going to camp today. (laughs) Tell us your story. You know, this show is all about inspiring hope in people, making people feel better about whatever is going on in their lives and helping them find a way to get where they want to be. And that's what your story is all about. I was blown away when I read that you used to work for the Today Show, for Katie Couric, for all these huge names. People would think that you had the dream life. And yet you walked away because you didn't feel fulfilled. Yeah, that would be true. And because my job is one that sort of looks so interesting and fascinating, it it makes it harder for people to understand how I could walk away from it. But at the end of the day, I loved summer camp. When I was a child, I went to summer camp and it was my happy place. It was a place where I could go to be myself and not be the kid my parents wanted me to be and bond and connect and learn about life. Camp was about life lessons wrapped in fun and games. And, you know, in camp, you can't be a sore loser. Nobody gets a prize when you're in second place. You know, you kind of (laughs) learn about life and how to stand on your own two feet without people, you know, lobbying for you. And so for me, I always knew that I loved that kind of being out in nature and just kind of exploring quietly. This was long before the world of technology. I went to camp in the Poconos in the 70s, and it so inspired me to understand the group dynamic. And it was really about how we were all the same. We were a bunch of 10 year olds living in a cabin together for two months. We had rules, it was very strict, but we played. And through the power of playtime, we got to learn about who we really were and what we really wanted. And so I always knew that that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to go be a gym teacher and I didn't want to go run camps for children. (laughs) So I grew up, I became a really good producer, television producer, because I think I was a good camp counselor. And I loved, I just loved the idea of sort of bringing people together with a commonality to help us see that whatever you're dealing with, 
is not so bad when you really are honest and share that with people. So I was a producer, as you said, for 34 years. I worked for America's Most Wanted. I worked for NBC News. I worked in local news in Miami where during the real life Miami Vice days, you know, Chase and bad corrupt pop <laughs> and all of that investigative stuff, which was really fun. I was sort of fighting for the underdog always. You know, I spent a lot of time really chasing bad guys and really doing the real news stuff for a very long time. But in the back of my mind, I always kind of knew that one day, I don't know how, I didn't know where it was going to come from. I was going to sort of, I'm a gatherer, I'm a collector and a connector of really smart, wise people. And through my my years as a producer, especially at the Today Show, I came in contact with hundreds and hundreds of powerful men and women, but I was really fascinated by the women in the 80s and the 90s, and as they sort of stepped into their own, and how much they had impressed and inspired me. Uh, and when you put, let's face it, when you put them on national TV and you give them a platform, they're very grateful. So I used to say to them, I'm coming back for you one day. You know, I'm so happy that now your business is soaring and you've got a name for yourself. And But what you said is really sort of inspired not just my audience, but me too. So I'm going to do something one day. I'm going to create a camp for women one day and I'm coming back for you. And they all said, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And, you know, having no idea what they were really signing up for. And so years later, it was uh, 2012. And I actually went, I was at a crossroads. I was stuck. I was working for Warner Brothers. I had a big job with a TV show extra. It was great. It was fine. But it was really not what I wanted to be doing. It was very celebrity driven and just kind of not where my head was. And I had written a book in 2005 with five other women about how having it all isn't having it all at all and how having enough should be enough. And it was right about the time when women were starting to say, you know what, I didn't sign up for this. Mm -hmm. And when people used to say, how you doing? It was always, oh, I'm good. You're good. And in about 2005, when our book came out, people started saying, you really want to know how I'm doing? Like, <laughs> and I haven't slept. And I'm, and I'm, you know, it became like a contest on who was more stressed out. And, and really people were starting to admit that this is really more than we bargained for. The stress and the digital bombardment and all that stuff started to happen. And so we wrote this book. It was called Dish and Tell by the Miami Bombshells. And we were six women awesome. who were making more money than our men and working too hard <laughs> and not working out enough and giving too much to our kids because we were totally guilted about never being there. And we were doing what a, a lot of women were doing but weren't talking about at the time. And we launched the book on national TV and we got 10,000 emails from women saying, wow, you know, I want to go be with people who are not my people, who I don't know, who are sharing the same thing as I am, who can be real and honest and authentic and maybe we can help each other. Yeah. And that's how it happened. We have created an incredible program that kind of mixes the power of playtime and letting go and being silly and just stepping back and kicking back and being a kid again with the deep diving that comes with guided workshops and facilitated right. circles with experts who can help you push past whatever it is that's holding you back and help you break free. You know, if people are listening right now and they're thinking, I really need that dump moment, you know, that, and you know, that sounds terrible. That sounds like I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I need to be able to have that moment of, of, of complete safety where I can actually be honest with people, but they're thinking I'm not outdoorsy like camp. I never went to summer camp. How would you convince somebody to to come and, and, and find that hope, find that safe space that they're looking for in a, in a setting that maybe they're not familiar with? 
That's the fun part because the magic of putting people in cabins and making them sort of cohabitate together and be outside when they're used to staying at the Four Seasons or at least just being pampered a little more. And when they don't want it, the reason we don't do this at hotels right now is because if you could go back to your room and watch Netflix and order room service, it's a whole lot easier than dealing with your crap, right? Am I allowed to say that on the radio? Absolutely. Yes. Um, and so when you, when you, Put people out in nature. First of all, something magic happens. You lay you lay in the woods, and all of a sudden, your your inner voice starts talking to you. You get quiet. Well, the other thing is, there's no internet connection when you're out in the woods. The Wi-Fi. And when, I, and when I say woods, I'm not talking about woods like outhouses and tents. I'm talking about really fancy summer camps that parents pay $15,000 a year to send their kids to. We rent out kids' summer camps in the off-season. And yes, it does scare people to be sleeping in cabins and bunks and sharing bathrooms. Where am I going to go to the bathroom? Where do I poop? Where do I I dump? Now we can actually say it. Oh, okay. Thanks, Beth. (laughs) Where do I poop? Where do I dump? Oh my gosh. I can imagine my wife going, where is the bathroom? It's not near us? (laughs) No, the bathroom's in the cabin. Oh, okay. Cabin, but it also is, uh, you know, it's how about you know getting naked in front of strangers? Oh, That's an yeah. odd thing too. But nobody cares, you know, because by the time. So that is one of the biggest barriers, which I think is the biggest secret by making people uncomfortable and taking them out of where they're used to feeling safe and comfy, something opens up. It's like a valve opens. It says, okay, I'm here. And I'm, this isn't, I'm not an outdoorsy kind of person, but I'm going to be open to this. And it's really not, it's not roughing it outdoorsy. It's really, really fun and nice. And we do in, but part of the secret, I think, is that we play and we play hard and we get silly and we let our guards down and then we go deep. And as you go deep and you connect with other people, with experts there, so we have really qualified people, experts in health and wellness and love and parenting and productivity and uh, body language interpretation and energy healing and meditation and fitness. And I mean, we have a spin class at, at this, at one of these camps we do, and we jump off 50 foot poles and we fly down crazy slides and we stand up paddleboard yoga and we do really, really fun things you wouldn't ordinarily get to do, but you connect and you bond with people because you can go face to face. It's real life FaceTime. It's, right. it's, you know, so, and, and you can start and stop, but you can start a conversation and continue it without going, you know, in three months when things calm down, let's get together for a cup of right. coffee, which you're going to cancel anyway, because your life's too busy doing nothing. So it's about the power of connection and connectedness. I think that helps women feel like they're not alone and that whatever they're dealing with is really not so bad. So shut well, up and stop whining. Well, yeah, no. And the other thing too, I was just thinking is, it's almost like detox time from your cell phone <laughs> because you have no Wi-Fi. The average person touches their phone around 100 times a day, mm. you know, and so. times a day, 46 times a day without social media is what. Oh, yeah, right. 46 yeah. times without, but social media, right? And then selfies and this and that. And so, like, your fingers want to touch. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? You get, like, this fear, like, I don't know where my phone is. So you have to let go and be, like, in the moment. And that that's, that would take me, like, a day to, like, relax does. because it's, like, I'm used to my phone, right? We're all addicted to that phone. 
It does. And the first night, there are certain spots. So we have camps in Malibu and the Poconos in Florida. And there are certain spots that we know of that you can get a signal. And we say, in the first night, people are all standing huddled together. (laughs) And by the next morning, they're like recognizing that if I can just disconnect and I say to my people and my family, like, sorry, no signals, not working. We're going down. They're fine with it. It takes a few hours initially. And we say to people, if you're going to converse on your phone, go stand over there. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear phones ring. But we do pick places mostly that don't have Wi-Fi on purpose. Awesome, but, yeah. but So it's the, it's the idea of living in the moment and being present. Three and a half days can really shift and transform you. Right, Beth? Yes, and I do have to say, in full disclosure, I actually jumped completely out of my comfort zone uh, back in uh, beginning of September, I guess it was, and drove from North Carolina to the Poconos. I signed up for camp three days before wow. it started. I didn't know that. I took You're a, a camper. Risk. I'm a camper. Oh Did not know a soul. I went up completely by myself. Um, was uh, in a bunk with eleven other ladies. Uh, holy cow! We've now become best friends, and I will tell you there's something really spectacular about it and again this was completely out of my comfort zone and I was dealing with um, a similar issue you know to Tammy I was I was walking away from a 20-year television career and I'd been really successful at it but I felt really empty and like I wasn't using my voice but I didn't have a support system to help guide me in this new world and I found out so much about myself in the process of sitting in the woods at camp that it I still get choked up. I still get choked up thinking about it because I wasn't expecting the transformation that I had. But I'll tell you one of the most powerful things, and Tammy, I want you to talk about this. One of the coolest things that Tammy put in place, she does not allow campers to talk about what they do for a living for at least the first 24 hours. And after that, it's funny, you find out you don't care. I still, the 12, the other 11 women who were in my bunk, I still don't know what they do for a living. And I just did a 12 person conference call with them for Christmas. We did a gift exchange and I still don't know what they did, what they do for a living. I only know their souls for who they are. Yeah. Yeah, For who they are, not the mask. And there's something so powerful about that. Talk about that, Tammy, because it's incredible. Well, when we wrote this book, that's what it was. We were six women who did not know each other and we came together. We did have big jobs, but nobody had history. And there was something about that. We all, so if we're lucky enough to be blessed with family and friends who know us and love us in spite of ourselves, we are who we are. You know, we sort of follow the way we, our image of who we're supposed to be. The beautiful thing about bringing people together here is you can leave your whatever it is behind if you want to, and you're with people, everybody's on the even playing field. I find that especially stay-at-home moms really feel behind the eight ball when they're in groups of women, especially powerful women, because they, you know, what do you do? Oh, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and they're kind of ashamed of that. And and there are some people who are big-time CEOs and studio executives, and there are some women who, um, you know, one we've had women who work as janitors, you know, who somehow get there. And so the idea is it doesn't matter what your job is in our society. That's what defines us, but it's really not who we are as people. So we don't allow people to say what we do for a living. Uh, And as Beth said, after the first 24 hours, nobody really cares, which is kind of interesting because we're all the same and we're all dealing with if we're lucky enough to have aging parents, we're, we're dealing with that. Many of us are dealing with children who are not so easy. And we come to learn, you know, we, for one of our first camps we did, we, one of the circles 
lasted like seven hours and wasn't supposed to. It was supposed to go for an hour, but there were seven parents of autistic kids in this one circle, seven parents out of about 20. And they all sat around and they became their own. Nobody had anybody in their world that could help them. And it's that common thread that we all have with whatever, whether it's our children, whether it's our jobs, whether it's not feeling enough, whether it's the, I love, I I don't love what I'm doing, but I'm making too much money to leave it. And I, I know that there's more to life, but I can't really abandon my my responsibilities, whether it's dealing with uh, illness and coping with loss and grief and, and family dynamics and who we are and our changing personalities and our searching for who, you know, spirituality in this crazy world. You know, we've all got something that we are aspiring to, to, to live a life of purpose and passion. And the world doesn't really allow us to do that because we got too much that we have to do. And we, especially as women, don't put ourselves at the top of our to-do list ever because everybody else's needs come before ours. And so this is a place for women to come to disconnect and reconnect with themselves and, and a sisterhood of other women who are also struggling to juggle all the crazy that life throws. But for a moment it, in time, it's like, stop. We're going to live in the moment right now and we're going to enjoy a sunset and we're going to sing songs around a campfire. Like when was the last time you sang leaving on a jet plane, really, with 15 other people with drippy, gooey s'mores? <laughs> you know, and dirty. We get dirty. We don't – sometimes you don't shower for two or three days. You know, everybody yeah. comes the first day. So Beth showed up. She doesn't know a soul. She shows up. <laughs> She's, uh, you know, happy to be there, but you can see all of these people, like deer in headlights, like, you know, you get there and you think she drove for 10 hours wanting to turn around. She said, what happened, Beth? You yeah, almost- about four miles before I got to the camp entrance. I thought, what in the heck am I doing? And I literally stopped the car and pulled over into a parking lot and thought about turning around and just saying, no, nah, no, nah, this isn't for me. <laughs> And she got there like everybody else and everybody comes, you know, we're we're all, let's face it, we're all a bunch of 14 year old middle school people walking into the cafeteria on the first day when we've moved to a new town and we're like, where am I going to sit and who are my friends? And we're always looking for that safety. We don't look in for our security. We look out to see where we fit in, right? So Beth walked in a little shell-shocked like many other people, but we created a program that allows you to sort of forget about that because we throw you right into the play. And the joy of the play, stick a cocktail in your hand, which helps sometimes. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, we don't do – there's not a lot of drinking. We, we really yeah. control that. But it's the idea of just – sort of kick back you're exactly where you're supposed to be you're looking around the sun is setting over mountains over a beautiful lake and and we've got every we, we plan every moment of, of your experience to take you up and down and with the idea of connecting and bonding so you can really see that your stuff is is minor compared to what's really going on in the world. And it makes, it's all about gratitude and appreciation for what you have as opposed to what you don't. The beautiful thing about it too, I mean, if you watch uh, television, especially now with uh, the housewife shows and reality TV and the cattiness on shows like The Bachelor, you would think that you get this sense, this storyline that's being told that women are not supportive of each other and that instead we're catty and competitive and backstabbing. You get that sense if you just get your information from television, but you get into a setting with women and you find that there's more support than you could ever imagine and so little judgment and so much lifting each other up. And it continues past you know, the four days that you're at camp because you there's something that happens when you're allowed to be yourself that well, when you have varies. this emotional connection, right? Yeah. 
yeah. you know, can you imagine a camp of men? <laughs> I, I can tell you. trying to do that. I mean, <laughs> sports, talk about beer, talk about girls, talk about ex-wives, talk about current wives. We're going to be like, and then, but there's no emotional connection. We're all, you know, it's, it's a lot of ego. It's a lot of one up. It's a lot of this, that, but there are times where I've gone where it's like, wow, there is a guy like me that's vulnerable. I'm a very vulnerable, like I, I believe my vulnerability empowers other people with hope. So I, I'm, I'm open book, but a lot of men that I meet, they'll be like, wow, he's, sharing a lot of personal stuff. I don't want to deal with my stuff. And so, you know, that's what I get to do for a living, obviously. But wow, that I love the emotional connection. I'm I'm probably because of my past growing up in foster care and abandonment and not having a mom and dad, all that stuff. I, I thrive on uh, emotional uh, connection with people, even like watching Finding Nemo or you know, anything. I cry oh, when it's so always sweet. the mom and the, or the dad and the mom get together or in a TV show. I mean, I just watched um, Mistletones on New Year's Eve with my 12-year-old daughter, which is a Lifetime movie or something. We watched Christmas <laughs> movies on New Year's Eve. And here she's looking at me. She goes, Dad, are you crying? I'm like, oh, she misses her mom. Her mom had passed away. And so I'm like, oh, she had a mom that really loved her and sang to her. Dad, it's all right. It's all, oh, I know. And I just wipe my tears. But can you imagine me doing that at a campfire with a bunch of men? Like, Actually, it's what needs to happen, right, Tammy? I, I, it I needs to happen. So, we so we're now, Derek, doing corporate stuff. This is sort of organically led to corporate. So we're doing co-ed retreats now for businesses and companies looking to sort of infuse this kind of connectedness into their culture because there are so many organizations now that are working their people to death and not there's no they're not for each other and so believe it or not we the first one we did was for lululemon you know we and we it was men, men and women and they said to us we don't know about this we're gonna you know we don't know if the guys are gonna open up but you know shockingly when you put people in a safe space where they know no one's going to run back and tell anybody they know because nobody knows each other right. uh, and you ask pointed questions it's unbelievable how how men want to open up and share in a place where they're not feeling like they're going to be called a wussy yeah, or, right. you know <laughs> and, and they really learn from each other interestingly men are so solutions oriented and women don't really want they don't want to hear your opinion on what they right. should do they just want they to don't want i learned very early in my marriage that my wife I, i'm going to tell something very vulnerable here so <laughs> i had aged out of foster care and i got married at 23 so you know my emotional capability wasn't as good as like a normal 22 year old and so my wife and i are arguing and and we were like divorced a thousand times the first year because I didn't know how to deal with women and conflict and stuff, you know. And and I remember her saying, you know, I'm not your mom. Whatever issues you have with your mom, that's with your mom. I'm your team partner. I'm your lover. And I would take it as she's complaining to me on certain stuff. And she goes, no. And I would try to fix it because I'm a fixer. Mm -hmm. And I've learned not to be like that. But I, I wasn't as good as listener as I am now. I still work on that. But um, the fact is, is that she says, I just want you to listen. You're my best friend. Don't try to fix me. I'm smart enough. I'll fix it myself. But me being the man, I want to fix it so I can keep it quiet and move on to the next thing. Right. And we're solution oriented. I realize that listening isn't folding your arms like this and putting your neck out and going, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. No, it's compassionately listening. It's it's just 
the silence between the notes makes the music, right? And so listening and letting her know that I can, she can bounce off me without any judgment or any giving my opinion, unless she asks for it. Right. <laughs> unless she asks for but it. But she doesn't, does she, very no, often? No, and I want her to. <laughs> <laughs> But I have to keep my mouth shut. I have to actually, when she's talking to me, talk to myself. I'm not joking. I talk to myself. Just listen, Derek. Just listen, Derek. Don't say a word. Because I get so many people, thousands of people, ask me my opinion all the time to help them fix their lives. And when you come home to your own environment, my wife doesn't want me to fix her. <laughs> she's smart. She'll figure it out. Exactly. So. And women especially. It's interesting, though, because we have a lot of men who say, my wife come, came home and said, I want to go to a women's empowerment camp. And I thought, just what she needs, more empowerment. Like, <laughs> and then she's going to dump me with the kids for three days and leave me a list this long of things I need to do. And we get emails from men all the time who say, you know, my wife came home from camp. You know, the dishes were piled in the sink. The laundry wasn't done. The house was a mess. You know, I didn't do all the stuff I was supposed to do. And she came home and said, Thank you. Thank you for being oh, real. Thank you for not cheating. Thank you for not swindling our money. Thank you for not being a douchebag. Thank yeah. you for really loving me. And so you throw your underwear on the floor like it's not going to kill me to pick it up. And the men are writing us going, I don't know what's in the water up there, but like what, you know, what just <laughs> happened? Like I just did my, I just did me and, and she finally appreciates me. And it was uh -oh. The idea is really, I think, when you get with people who are really real and can share and see what's really going on around you, not the fake stuff that you see on Facebook and Instagram, right. you really sort of recognize, what am I whining about? Like, let's enjoy this and let's get happy. Our whole thing is about 10% happier. And if we can help people get this much more aware of what they've got as opposed to what they don't. We, we think that exponentially, and we've watched it happen all the way down from families to workplace environments. That's how this corporate thing has exploded. We had so many people go back to their businesses and their offices and their HR people and their bosses were saying, what's going on with you? You went away for three days and you, your entire team's productivity has changed. Yeah, like, awesome. we want some of that. So it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting thing. People tell us there's no place in the world they've ever been ever, anywhere where everyone is for each other. And that's what Beth was talking about, how it's lifting each other up through compassion and understanding and not telling people how to fix it, but listening and helping them see you're not alone. And then we've got real experts who can say, okay, let's take a look at what this is and let's see how you can change that. And most, you can't get to where you're going if you don't know where that is. We're right. in the new year now and, you know, people make resolutions and, you know, January 16th is the day that most people break their New Year's resolutions, which is pretty sad. 16 yeah. days is when everybody says the heck with it. So what happens on January 17th? You're worse because mm -hmm. you, you failed at what you thought you could achieve, which you could never achieve in the past anyway. So we're all about making realistic expectations, but not, tr not trying to figure out how you're going to get there, just knowing what it is you want to do. And the universe will figure it out for you if you really do the work. I was sitting, And so, Beth, yes. did your husband, when you came back, did you just cry to him and say, <laughs> I love you. I'm so grateful for you. I love you. Or did you come back and go, you're the man? I am always, <laughs> I always say to people when they ask about my husband that I married a very evolved man. He, he is... Uh, just kind, just it's natural to him to be very kind and very generous and very honest and very good and good to, to everyone. And I came home definitely grateful that I had 
someone who was so supportive and it is not yeah. one to try to stop me from exploring the the depths of me but the the great thing with sitting at, at camp Tammy was incredibly supportive and you know helped me realize that the place that I wanted to be was the place where I got to be completely myself and I had never had that experience and I know that I hope that there are women and, and even men who are listening who have never had that opportunity to actually meet themselves I know that that sounds so strange but when you really think about it when you're thinking about goals and stuff and trying to get the salary and the house and the car and the you know the perfect white picket fence you forget who you really are on the inside and what was driving you to begin with I totally agree with you. Before I became a motivational speaker for personal and professional development, you know this, Beth, I owned a multi-million dollar company called FastMortgage.com. Did very well in the San Francisco Bay, had offices, lots of employees, and I needed all the material possessions to make me feel good. So when 2008 came, called Liquidate, <laughs> I became a little more humbled. And I wrote that first book, I will never give up about my life. Nobody knew I grew up in foster care. Nobody knew the abuse, the abandonment. My brother had been killed. My sister had been killed. Like all these people I have lost in my life. I can tell you in 2000, when I'm making a tremendous amount of money, 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, I would not be... I would not be vulnerable. I was the pillar of the community. I was always donating money to all these organizations and helping people out. But I did not come to grips with who I am as, as a former foster kid, as a former survivor of abuse and all this stuff until about 2007, 2008. And I would have never hung out with a foster kid, a foster youth in 2001, 2002, 2003, because I thought I'm better. I, I, I'm, I'm better because I've overcome and I'm not I'm not a foster kid anymore. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm I'm Derek Clark. I make all this money. I drive this Hummer that's jacked up six inches <laughs> that looks down on other Hummers. I would never hang out with anybody that reminded me of me, who I truly was. That's the truth. And when I finally took off my masks and I became vulnerable, my wife even said, wow, you are so happy. Now, I don't make the kind of money I used to make. I mean, I make good money, but I don't make the kind of money I used to make. But I am so much more fulfilled, so much satisfied because I've changed my whole perspective on success. To me, for years, success was all about financial success. All about me, 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 me. What can I get? What can I get? What's my image? What's my image? What's my image? Now, success to me is significance. What can I do to help other people excel? Ooh, I just, I just said that. You know what? That that's an acronym for hope. Helping other people excel. Bam. <laughs> so now I look at my life and I am like in sync with people. I am vulnerable. I believe in just being real. And not having this mask on anymore. I don't have the, the mask. I think that's why people like my videos and all that stuff is because I'm just regular Derek. How you see me on my on the stage, you see me rock the mic on the yeah. stage. I that's who I am off the stage. Things humble you. And you know, generally around your late 30s or so, 30s and 40s, you finally have that coming to Jesus moment that you've been living for other people or or living a fake life. And so I was able to finally find out who I am. I am a thriver. I am a survivor. I've gone through so much. Nobody could destroy me. The only one destroying me was me, and I was destroying myself all the time. So I had to learn to stop self-sabotaging myself and letting go and grow and not let the inner me become the enemy. I've got to become Derek. I am a survivor. And people say, Derek, you reinvented yourself throughout this whole mortgage crisis. 
And I go, no, I didn't. I finally became my authentic self. You met yourself. I met myself that I had been fighting to get away from. So Beth and I, we sat on this log and it started to rain and it was a point, she had just come out of the woods. Literally, she just kind of, with the mist, she kind of emerged from the woods and we just kind of connected and I'm busy running this whole thing with 150 people. And, you know, we just sort of stopped for a moment and we sat down and I said, what's up? And she said, you know, I, I just finally met myself. Nobody here knows who I am. No one's ever seen me on TV. They don't even know my last name. I'm so used to being that public persona that wherever I walk, whatever room I walk into, you know, people are looking at you and you can't really be yourself. She said, and in the woods, I'm, I was met with like this, this feeling of like, that's not who I am anymore. Maybe it was before. And maybe I can use that as a stepping stone to be able to sort of help other people in this situation. And with that, all of a sudden, as she declared what she really wants, which she had never done before, this giant wind came and literally 5,000 leaves just kind of rained on us. And I looked at her, I'm like, well, what just happened? Oh, that's a weird coincidence. But it was like almost like the universe going, yes, yeah. you got it. You felt it. Don't mm. start, don't let your head now mess yeah. with your heart because your heart just declared what you want for yourself. Right. And, and from that moment, she shifted and she has never turned back. There were no leaves falling the whole rest of the entire trip. That was wow. the only time it happened. Only time. So yeah, cool. crazy. But she just, and then and once she sort of declared that, all of a sudden she looked lighter and like there was like a weight, an energetic mm. weight that was lifted. And I'm not that woo woo and freakish, I have to say. But it's one of those things that just like I looked at her and like the whole weekend, like her eyes just were clearer. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to, for her to, to experience, for her to come because she's, so many women come alone to something like this, which is really brave to be able to come and be vulnerable, not know a soul, not hide behind who you are, what you do. Mm-hmm. It just will be who you are. We're scared sometimes of who that is. Am I, am I as really wonderful as I, I, I think I am? And you know what? Usually we're more. You're and cooler. You're, sitting, you're cooler. And when other people sort of turn to you and look at you and start, you know, asking you to sort of, you know, steer them or help them or listen or share with them and, and learn from you is when you look around, you go, wait, are you talking to me? Like, I didn't even know I had anything profound to say. Mm. And I'm sure you have some ladies that finally crack the last day and a half or so, right? It's those silent ones that finally crack and like, oh, they and get the big talk on the last day. Yeah. It's- pimple pops as we say I know but all of a sudden those people who sat around like this going I'm good I'm fine you know what's wrong with me that I'm not and we, we like to say you gotta crack it's the only way the light can come in Oh, so I like that. Sort of really break just a little bit once there's a little, little teeny porous hole is when you start to sort of get, you know, get flooded with some, it's a lot of emotion sometimes. And I think nature does that. I think the combination of being outside and being vulnerable and being fun, but it's not heavy. It sounds like we're talking about heavy, heavy. It's not heavy. It's all steeped in silly, competitive, crazy games that involve war paint and shaving cream on your head and pie eating contests and you know, sex talent toy shows. Parties. Yeah, talent shows. What'd you say? Sex toy what? Sex toy parties. We oh. have parties, which is fun because you can go home and bring, you can say, thanks, honey, for watching the kids all weekend. Look what I brought home. <laughs> so it's like, it's sort of like a guarantee to be able to come back. But, um, but, but it really, you know, and we build this program around that. And more than anything, though, it's the connectedness that is really so 
that is really so revealing. We, we realize how disconnected we've become in the world. And when you go to a place like Camp Powerment, you really learn and understand how cool you are, as opposed to thinking what you're not. One question for people who are listening who uh, may think that they they want a life change because they realize that they're not living their true purpose. Describe taking the leap and how all of that felt and how your GPS guided you. It's very scary. It's doing everything that society and the world and your parents told you you shouldn't be doing. You know, and I, I won Emmy Awards. I had a very esteemed career. I was very blessed to work with really smart people. And I had it all, quote unquote. And I and leaving that meant that I was going to have to give up my nice house. And it meant it, well, I was going to have to change my lifestyle. I couldn't do it until my kids were out of college. Once my kids were out of school, I educated them. I'm a single mom. I, I took care of them. I took care of my responsibilities. And I finally said, I don't care if I have to live under a bridge in order to do what my talents are. And I realized that I am not a guru. I am not a motivational speaker. I am a connector and a collector of really brilliant people who know how to shift the world. I'm just a really good producer and I can create the space to put that together. And I knew that if we created it, if we built it, people would come. But I didn't know. If I knew then what I know now, there would be no Camp Powerment. I didn't know that it was going to take five years to really make this financially sound. We're just heading into year five now. We're just, I'm just getting my first paycheck. And I'm living in a place right now. I moved from a 4,000 square foot house on the water with a boat in Miami to a little teeny apartment that has no dishwasher, disposal, or laundry. I go to the laundromat on Saturdays with homeless people and quarters in my bag. And you know what? It's really humbling because I feel like, and some people will say, you know, you don't need to sacrifice. I believe that you have to give up something in order to appreciate what you have. You you know that, Derek, from what right. you lost involuntarily, by the way. You know, for me, I said, it, screw it, I'm out. And I, I didn't think about the consequences financially, and I didn't think about the long-term plan of it. I did this without a business plan. So I was probably not really responsible, but at the time my emotions drove me to do what I knew I had to do or I was going to get sick. And I think that's what happens is so many people get sick because they're doing what they think they need to be doing and they're putting everybody else first. But I think if you can learn how to sort of look yourself in the mirror overcome the story that you've been telling yourself forever about who you are, get the tools to rewrite your story that, you know, shift happens. And it, and so for me, the fear was there and it permeated. I, I would be lying if I said I didn't have sleepless nights and thought, what am I doing? And I had people come to me and offer me great television jobs a year and two years into it. And I thought, I can't take my eye off the ball now. If I'm going to build this, I'm going to build a program with integrity that's going to help people become authentic. Mm. And and I, and I it, it's scary. It's very scary. The reality of it is most people of sound mind would not do what I did, but you can't make things happen in the world and you can't shift the consciousness of the planet if you don't take a risk, you know? And so I, we're finding, look, you read it every day. More and more people are saying, that's it. They jump right. with no net and fig- they're going to figure it out. And I think that's, that's, they say youth is wasted on the young. My ego wouldn't have allowed me to walk away at 35 or 37 because mm, to me, right. That's who I was. I was Tammy TV. 
Mm-hmm. And even, and I had children and I made responsibilities and I told myself that this is the life that you made for yourself. And now you got to carry it through and do what you, what the responsible thing is. I am so proud and excited for what I was able to do myself mm-hmm. doing what I love without selling my soul to the devil, which uh-huh. is what I felt like I was doing for a long time because I couldn't leave the money. I think we, so many of us lose our voices because we're, we've got our head down. We're the dutiful employee. We're the dutiful boss. We do exactly what we're supposed to do on paper. It looks great. And we come home, it's nine o'clock at night. You know, the kids haven't done their homework. The house is a mess. They're eating McDonald's for dinner, you know, and, and you kind of sit back and you go, I haven't had 30 seconds for myself. You can't even take a bath because everybody needs you. And then you wake up the next day and you do it again. And then the weekends come and you spend the weekends preparing and running and doing for the week and you get to a point where it's like wait what are we doing and then you go and you vacate and you go and you spend a fortune on a vacation to sit with a drink in your hand by a pool so you can rest and recharge your battery so you can go do it some more mm-hmm. and it's just not it's not okay anymore and i think the fast pace of society and the demands that are being put on us to do more with less and to speak words that maybe aren't so authentic from our own selves and to kind of be robots uh, are are what's holding us back. And when we're, our brains don't tell us to give it up, our bodies God just God. crash. Well, I, tell- I've been self-employed uh, 22 years. So on my own, you know, this former foster kid says, I'm going to do it my way, right? But I learned early on that I would jump off a cliff and I'd build my wings as I'm flying, as I'm falling, right? And so I came up with this system called sinking my mind to my spirit, sinking my mind to my heart, basically. And all I did was saying, hey, I am capable of doing anything. I have so much potential. I have survived so much. And so the spirit, it can be your enemy or your best friend. And so if that spirit is saying, Derek, you're good enough, you're going to make this happen, you're going to make this happen, and it tells your brain... Then I'm able to go, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't have a lot of fear. You know, I believe that I was a survivor, but I had to start believing that I was a thriver. It wasn't about just resilience. It was about believing that I was worthy enough to have redemption. I I started to just not live in fear anymore, not live in lack, but live in faith and turn that fear into faith, right? And then learning how to turn that mess into a message. So I love that, you know, sinking your mind to your spirit. And I got to ask you a question, Tammy, as we're getting ready to close here. Are you happy? You're living your life on your terms. No one controls you anymore. I'm 58 years old. Most of my friends are successful and retiring. I am at the laundromat on the weekends, as I told you. And I am so full of peace and joy and pride for the contributions that we're making. So I don't know if I mentioned, I work, I do this business with my 81-year-old mom oh, and my 29-year-old daughter. And my mom awesome. is a writing <laughs> professor. And so my mom is kind of the wise village elder of Camp mm-hmm. Palm. So my daughter is the 29-year-old brilliant millennial. Mm-hmm. She did social media for Tom. She's really wise and really smart and and through my daughter and my mother's guidance and help and a collective sharing in the way we're building this out and really helping people, I have learned to find peace, comfort, and joy in my own self and my own life. And I would, I, I never looked back. So in reality, I think it's really about trust and about knowing when you're on your path, especially when you're doing things that help other people. Like your story is your story. We all have a story. And my story isn't 
I'm an Emmy award-winning television producer who chucked it all to go back to her childhood happy place. That may be the headline, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's about finding your superpower. We've all got one seeing what you've overcome. And every one of us has gifts to share. Every single one of us can take our life experience and, and share it with somebody who can learn from it. And so I, I feel really blessed to be able to be the messenger of that, but I'm also smart enough to know that I don't know anything. Yeah. Well, you're transforming lives and leaving a legacy. I'm so happy to hear that your mom and your daughter are involved. That's awesome. And they're both, they're both such, such amazing women. All three of you are amazing women. Tell folks who are listening how they can be part of the Camp Powerment experience. So we do two weekend retreats a year, one on each coast. We have one in September in the Poconos and one in November in Malibu. Uh, We're also doing a lot of stuff now with organizations and groups and, and companies that are trying to make their groups a team. We have created an incredible formula, an algorithm, so to speak, that can help shift people, pull them out of their heads and into a group dynamic that really can support each other in a way that almost like wolves do, you know, it's sort of that family mentality. It's recognizing that it's not all about you and it's, it's the connectedness that can help move mountains. We're at camppowerment.com. We're on all social media platforms as camp powerment, not camp empowerment. We're starting to uh, launch some digital stuff where you can actually start recognizing what it is that, helps you see you're not alone and some support that can happen from your home. But at the end of the day, it's all about showing up for yourself and committing to the experience. If I had a nickel for everybody who said, I'm coming to that one day, that's the greatest thing. I want to do that. Uh, we'd really be rich. But at the end of the day, to take three and a half days for yourself to just feed your own soul and take a look at yourself and examine what it is that you really want in your life and how, what your dreams are. So many of us are afraid to declare what they are because we're afraid we'll fail. And so we don't want to commit to that. And, you know, Jenna Bush and Natalie Morales from the Today Show came to our camp in in March. And they did a story about, really about kind of friendship and silliness. It wasn't about the deep diving stuff at all. It was about letting go and playing more and and stop taking ourselves so seriously. And when you can really get silly and dance like no one's watching because no one really cares anyway, right. uh, is is when the real the real shift happens. But we're so serious and we take ourselves so seriously. So, you know, I, I invite whoever it is that's listening to come join us, come play with us. We would love to have you. But even when a friend calls and says, let's go have a cup of coffee or go have lunch, I say, go to the miniature golf course, go to a trampoline place, Mm. go take a walk in the woods, go do something fun. You're going to be a lot more, you're going to open yourself up more. You're going to crack and the light's going to come in. If you can just be silly and not be so serious. And I think when play happens, shift happens. It's time to get cracked with Tammy. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing co-ed retreats for businesses, organizations, and companies. Reach out to us at camppowerment.com. We would love to help you co-create 
whatever it is that you're looking for. Groups come to us with their agendas and what they want their teams to learn. And then we wrap it all in the fun and silly, you know, bonding stuff that happens at camp. And, and so you can customize something. So if an organization comes to you and says, hey, I've got 100 employees wants to do something, you can be the facilitator and put it Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Right. I mean, more interesting is groups that are like minded, that have something in common, that don't have, they have a community. Everybody's looking for community and tribe, but it's people who really want to connect with other people who are living the same dance that they're doing, but they don't have that connectedness or they may have it in a chat room. But when you sit, spend three days with people who are going through exactly what you're going through, right. you learn from each other in a way that is invaluable. And the connection that happens beyond the campfire, as we call it, yep. what is really helping to shift and, and change people. I'm so blessed to be able to do this work. Well, we are so, so blessed that you agreed to be on our podcast today. You are such an amazing woman, such a cool spirit, just so much fun to be around. And I I would encourage every single person out there to go to camppowerment.com and figure out a way to make some really great choices for yourself. Camppowerment.com. Eric, when when your wife is sick of you. (laughs) I'm on the road a lot, so I'm sure she's like, don't you have to go back on the road? No, I think men, I think there are so many men who are just like you who are so afraid to be authentic and real. And I love the idea that you're actually spreading that and helping men understand, you know, having a soft spot is actually a beautiful thing and makes you mm-hmm. even sexier and, yeah. and smarter. And I think it's it's really awesome, you know, and because of where you've been, that's why you are where you are. We all have a story to share. Thanks for sharing yours and letting Thank me. Thank you. This is the Hope Diller Podcast. Where can we reach Beth Troutman? You can find me on social media at facebook.com forward slash the Beth Troutman or on Twitter at Beth underscore Troutman. And how do you spell Troutman? Oh, it's like the fish and the man. T-R-O-U-T-M-A-N. <laughs> and of course, this is Rappin' Dad, Derek Clark. And you can find me at Rapping Dad, R-A-P-P-I-N-G-D-A-D, all over social media. And, of course, we can't close without throwing something down to bring something inspiring from the Rapping Dad. So check it out. So here's a few lessons that I've learned. I've turned a mess into a message and earned a return. I've turned scars into stars. Live like avatars. No one can stop you if you believe in your heart. And this is your life. Go and own it. Never let the past infect your future for a moment. Never let a weakness destroy your greatness. It's time to profess you're too blessed to be stressed. Bam! You could be everything you want to be, but never let the inner me mm, be your enemy. It's time to be better and not bitter. It's a choice to be a winner, and it's a choice to be a quitter. So if you've been knocked down or thought about suicide, get out of the shadow and hold your head high, because this is your time. And this is your sign with Tammy. Get up and climb. You were born for this moment to shine. My name is Derek Clark with Beth Troutman. Thank you for listening to the Hope Pillars podcast. Till next time. See ya.